Hey, this is Molly Kaiser, and you're listening to From Nothing to Profit. Welcome to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya, where each week they talk to photographers about what is working in their business now so you can swipe those ideas and grow your business faster. Hey, everybody. So welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited today because we have my friend Molly Kaiser, and you guys may know her um, from her boudoir work as well as booty shorts. Um, but Molly and I have been friends for years and she's been on some of my summits and I've done some work with her and stuff. So it's really excited to actually have this conversation with her. But if you guys don't know Molly, so Molly, like I said, lives in, in the boudoir world. I can't even say that word correctly. I'm just going <laughs> to fumble it all day long, but that's okay. Through So she does all that, you know, by using like appropriate marketing and sales and pricing. And cu- she really focuses on customer experience where she took her business from 81 cents to six figures a year, which is, which is amazing. But like I said, now I know her really well through the fact that she helps other photographers build their business and you're just like such an open book to our industry in terms of, you know, your business strategies, your shooting, your lighting, your posing, your clients experience, all that stuff. So um, thanks so much for being on this and um, yeah, just tell our audience, you know, a little bit more, whatever I missed and go from there. Sure. Thank you so much for having me on. This is, it's always a blast to talk with you. Uh, so yeah, basically I've always loved photography. I'm sure a lot of you listening can totally relate to that. You know, the whole young with the camera story, right? But I remember in high school, I would always get like notes to get out of my boring classes. I would call them like science and math because I wanted to go play in the dark room. And so I always kind of knew that I wanted to pursue photography full time. I just didn't always maybe believe that I could make money with a career in photography. So I interned with some photographers. I ended up going to college to study art and photography. And what I kind of learned in college was it was a lot more about, you know, showing in art galleries and things like that. There really wasn't a structured uh, major, if you will, in the UW system, at least that, you know, taught me how to be a professional portrait photographer. So I actually told myself, I kind of gave myself an ultimatum, like if you can book X amount of portraits and weddings, like you can drop out of college to pursue photography. Um, And that's exactly what I did. Back in the day, uh, Craigslist worked pretty well for me, but uh, not a super good strategy today, FYI. (laughs) (laughs) So um, yeah, basically I shot weddings and very low priced portraits for a really long time until I really came across this. I was doing this engagement session and she was a bride to be and we were doing her engagement photos and she took me aside and she was like, Molly, would you be willing to do boudoir photos of me to give as a gift to my groom? And I had no idea, to be honest with you guys, like what boudoir was. It wasn't even on my radar at all, but I was just like, yeah, (laughs) when you own a business, I think it's really important to say yes to a lot of things, especially in the beginning. And I'm really glad that I did because what I learned from that session was not only that I love doing boudoir photography, not only that it's profitable, but that I can really, truly make a really big impact on women's lives. Like this client in particular, she... She thought she was ugly. She did not like, uh, you know, what she saw in the mirror. She had like no confidence. And just from that one photo shoot, like it sounds crazy, but just from the one photo shoot before and after she was a completely different person. Like she was sort of skipping out of the hotel room with confidence. And in that moment, I was like, this is what I need to do. So over those next couple of years, I transitioned out of 
weddings and into boudoir photography full time, which I did for many years. And as of January of this year that we're recording the podcast, my full time now is um, on helping my students and actually send any of my inquiries to my boudoir certified students. But um, yeah, I've been and I still do photo shoots, just not clients. Um, So I've been a photographer for about 14 years now. And that's kind of where I'm at today. That's That's really cool. I love hearing your story about the dark room in high school because I was very outgoing, so involved in lots of things. Yeah. And the dark room was my favorite place just to be able to go there and be so quiet and away from everything and be creative with nobody around. So I I definitely identify with that. That's, That's neat. So you've been doing it for 14 years full time. And does that include your college years or when you built the business afterwards? I think that includes about one or two of my college years, um, pretty much all the years that I was shooting professionally and getting paid. And and so you and you built this business in Wisconsin, and then you just recently moved to Austin. Is that correct? That is correct. Yep, I built yeah. it in a super small, actually like several small towns in Wisconsin. With you know, people are like super conservative there, so people always thought and told me like boudoir will never work full time. Uh, but it did and it does. (laughs) Yeah. Which is awesome. And I love the watching your, you know, you and I are personal friends on Facebook and watching your journey of you transitioning into Texas. Like I think you posted the other day, like you were so excited, like that spring was already in (laughs) like in Austin where all your friends in, in Wisconsin are still buried in snow. And like, you're like wandering around like blooming trees and stuff like that. I think it's hilarious. Like how much you've embraced the warm climate of Austin. Yeah. So it's just crazy how much my mood has changed moving somewhere with sunshine. Like every single day I look at my husband and I'm like, I just, I just love it here. So I don't know, this is off topic, but if you're ever thinking about moving somewhere, you should definitely do it. (laughs) Yeah. Phoenix was amazing. I came back and I was like, we did so much every single day and it was cloudy and rainy when we got back to Kansas. So I definitely understand that. (laughs) So the next question we have is what is working now? And it sounds like you have transitioned out of full-time photography work into teaching, which I think makes you even better for our podcast because you kind of can see an overview of the business. Uh, But what would you say, like, or what are you teaching your students is specifically working now? Because you said, you know, Craigslist, obviously advertising on that isn't something that works. So what would you, what, what, what do you suggest? Yeah. And really quickly too, just for those of you listening, if you're thinking like, how would she know what works if she's not taking clients, um, which is a totally valid question. So I have several people on my team that are uh, photographers and I test everything with their businesses. So it's actually really cool. Instead of just testing with my business, I can actually test with several photographers' businesses that live all over the world. So it's really cool. That way I'm only teaching strategies that are working everywhere. So what we're seeing right now that works the best, and it's going to sound really simple. So hopefully you guys like that because simple Mm -hmm. is awesome, right? Uh, Building your know, like, and trust factor through Facebook Lives. And I know people have been talking about Facebook Lives for years, but they still work. And that's a huge thing is... um, you know, you don't always have to be looking for like, what's new, what's new, what's new, you know, you have to find something that works, and then stick with that. And for us, that is consistently. So again, keyword consistently doing Facebook lives, uh, to build that know, like and trust with your clients, because especially with boudoir photography, they're booking more for the trust with you and how comfortable they feel with you, 
than your portfolio, which might sting a little bit, but it's the honest truth. So dive a little bit deeper real quick. So kind of explain like what a Facebook live looks like, you know, for, for your students and stuff like that. You know, I mean, obviously it makes sense that they're, you know, you're doing it so that you build, you know, that trust, but like kind of, you know, just give a little bit of a glimpse of like what, what it actually looks like. Yeah, sure. So first thing is you want to come up with a really eye-catching title because people are just scrolling through Facebook. They're just scrolling through social media and you have literally like less than a second to actually catch their attention, let alone get them to push play and like watch that Facebook live. So uh, one, just one example of a title would be something that I think would really catch people's attention would be, you know, uh, why do I photograph women in their underwear for a living? I'm pretty sure people would scroll through and like definitely want to know why you do this for a living, right? And then what you would do in that live is you would simply share um, what you're going to share, like a breakdown of the Facebook live. So you would say, okay, guys, like today I'm going to tell my story about why I photograph women in their underwear. Uh, we're going to get into the story and then at the end, you know, if you if you want to do some kind of fun call to action, you can say like, oh, I'll be choosing a winner if you want to do a giveaway. But a basic Facebook Live would just be um, sharing with them. All right, I'm going to tell my story and then I'm going to give you guys a chance to comment below for something really fun. So in the Facebook Live itself, you just start out with sharing, you know, this is where I was. This is where I am today. This is why I photograph women in their underwear. And you really want to address any of their concerns throughout the Facebook Live. It doesn't need to be like bullet point scripted. You can weave it into your story. But for example, you know, women's biggest fears with boudoir are, are they going to look like the people on your website? You know, are they going to know what to wear? You know, are they going to be too nervous? Are they actually going to go through with it? Stuff like that. So you can kind of weave that into your Facebook Live. So that way you're catching their interest. They're getting to know you. You're answering those false beliefs that they have. And then at the end, you can invite them to do some kind of call to action, like comment below to get more information about a shoot or comment below to be entered to win XYZ or something like that. But you definitely want them to be commenting and liking because that will boost the post up and get more people to see your live. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That is awesome. So let me ask a couple questions. Is this on your personal profile or on your business? So you definitely want to do it on all the different avenues. So the, the two biggest ones would be your personal page and your private boudoir uh, Facebook group. If you have one, that's like a big proponent of our boudoir certified program. The business page is okay. I really think business page is more for running Facebook ads but um, you're going to get seen more in the group and your personal page. Okay. And then do you do like, this sounds to me like you're sitting there talking in front of the, you know, the phone or whatever, very like casual, like not a behind the scenes, not putting samples of your work in it, but it's just like you and the, and the person you're, you know, kind of you and the audience. Yeah, you can do either one. So for this title that I just named, the, yeah. you know, why do I photograph yeah. clients in their underwear? That I feel like could be really cool, just like sitting in your studio or like on your couch, just super casual. But you could also do one that's like, you know, what what would you actually do with boudoir photos? Because that's a big mm -hmm. one that people ask, like, what am I actually going to do with these photos? And then in that, you could do like a studio tour. You could show off your albums. You could show off the different products you have. Um, so I think a mix of both would be really good, but not professional, like, like live, like in interactive. Oh yeah, definitely. Like yeah. you don't need like a special camera. Yeah. Just yeah. your cell phone. Yeah. That's so scary. <laughs> 
This is like Kaya's biggest fear. We've talked about this. I know. A of I times. just like, would like she, to Kaya, be... Kaya cannot handle her face on a computer screen or a camera. Like she just fears it. Well, no, no, like, no. Kaya, I like it's not my that face. big of a deal. Don't get me wrong. I like my face, but I just get nervous. Like, what am I going to, I mean, what will I say? Who knows what I would say on a Facebook live? You know, like I can edit things. I just love the edit process of retouching and editing and finishing things off. And so I'm like, Oh my goodness. You know me what people for- love though is, I mean, think about it this way. Like what's your favorite social media platform consuming wise? Instagram. Okay. And like, what do you love about Instagram? Like, do you like the feed better or the Insta stories better? I like the feed. And then I specifically choose who I look at on the Insta stories. Like I don't look at every single Insta story. Like some people go through just everything. Wow. I haven't met anyone with that answer. So you kind of <laughs> threw me off there, but that's okay. So most, <laughs> I just most... don't want to look at people's junk. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't want, I, this needs to be look good to me. <laughs> I feel like most people like the stories because they're real. Yes. And so like, for example, if you're on a Facebook live and you mess up, or, like supposedly, first of all, there's yeah. no way that you can mess up, but let's say you, I don't know, do something that you think would be a mess up. People love that. <laughs> like they want to feel like they're actually in a room with you or sitting at a table with you. But just so no, like, just so you know, this is super normal. My students, they join my program. We have them do a Facebook live right away and they all completely freak out. So, um, What I tell them to do is for their first Facebook live, simply just take your phone, go live. And, you know, I just have them share in the group, like why they're here, something simple. So you could go live in a group too. So it doesn't like not everyone sees it. That's kind of nice because it's like, these are the people that you can trust. Right. Like I would recommend starting there, starting small, like a group Mm -hmm. of your close friends. But yeah, I do think it's really important to get comfortable with going live because it's only going to become more popular. That's really interesting. So you, so you do that with the people like you're going live, you're creating people that want to know what you're doing. Essentially, you're creating a following then. Yeah, because um, like I said, people, you know, they like following lives, but then the important thing is consistency. So even though we're talking about Facebook Live, we can use Instagram as an example. Yeah. If you're following somebody and you're watching their stories every single day, and then all of a sudden they just like don't make stories for a week, you literally like forget about that person. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with Facebook Lives. Like I recommend going live every single day oh. and people will start to really look for those lives and be excited for those lives. And they really feel like you're their close friend. Yeah, I believe it. That's fun. Wow. What a discipline. So like, I'm assuming you do that yourself for your, like your uh, selling to photographers business. Facebook lives. Yeah, I do. I actually just did one right before we started recording this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. And you do it daily. Um, I would say maybe not every single day, but I recommend for my students every single day. Yeah. Okay. So how do you do it? Do you like say, I'm going to do it every day at 10? Do you have a list of things you're going to talk about? Do you put on makeup first? Yeah. So I, I, we actually have a list of different topics that we give to our students and we tell them to plan out their month. We plan it out monthly. Okay. So we have them come up with the topic for every single day. And then if they're uncomfortable with going live because like until you're really used to it we say just come up with like five bullet points and have them in front of you that way Mm -hmm. if you sort of forget what you're talking about you can reference that uh what was your second question do you put on makeup oh yeah so everyone i feel like photographers specifically feel like they have to wear makeup to go live um 
no, I, I don't think it matters at all. I, I in fact, never wear makeup, <laughs> but um, uh, for lives, I think people just want to see how you are on a normal basis. So don't yeah. feel like you have to be like a Kardashian <laughs> to go live. Yeah. Well, some people I follow don't wear makeup. Sometimes I click past them because I'm like, ah, <laughs> I don't, you need makeup today. But um, that's just my personal opinion. But a lot of them don't, you know, don't look finished and don't look perfect. But then it's kind of interesting to see the difference between their Instagram feed and their Instagram stories. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm just asking the questions that are coming in my head. But it sounds I like the idea of having doing it daily, having a plan, being disciplined, because the idea of just picking up and going live makes me think I'm going to talk about, well, I've got laundry to do and, you know, those kind of things, which... And honestly, that's okay every once in a while because it's super relatable. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, with you saying that, I think it'd be kind of fun if you did a Facebook Live where it starts out with you laying in a pile of laundry (laughs) and just being like, is anyone else with me? Like, because I know for me, I literally have like a basket of laundry that I just never put away. Like, I feel like I just (laughs) live out of my basket of laundry. It's like, (laughs) why put it away? It's just going to get dirty. (laughs) So like, I'm already relating to you and being like, Yeah. So I think that would actually be a good idea. That's fun. That's awesome. All right, guys. So let's take a super quick break and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the industry and do some lightning round stuff. Hey, everyone. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You look at your calendar and notice you need clients now. So you do a little marketing and get some phone calls. You get busy helping those new clients. They schedule sessions, they place orders, and life is good. But once they're done, your calendar is empty again. The reason is you didn't have time to market while you were busy. Sometimes your business feels like a roller coaster. And let me tell you something, it is. And believe me, you're not alone. Photographers everywhere have the same problem. But I have some great news. Matt's business, Allison Ragsdale Photography, after years of trial and error, has cracked the code. It works so well, he's created a new class all about it. It's called Get Clients Now, a dead, simple approach to getting photography clients. Everyone at From Nothing to Profit is excited to share this info with you because this system helped Matt and Allison book hundreds of clients this year at their studio. And the best part about this system is that it's simple to set up and it works while you're sleeping. No hard selling or creepy marketing. All you have to do is help your clients answer their most pressing questions. Clients love the system and say it is the number one reason they book with Matt and Allison. If you're interested in learning more about this system, go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple. Matt has created a short free video that introduces this system. If you like what you hear, podcaster listeners get an exclusive discount on the full class. So make sure you go to photopodcast.co forward slash simple and sign up for the free video. It will help you book more clients now and create the business you've always wanted. All right, everybody, welcome back. We're with Molly Kaiser. Um, If you didn't listen to the first 20 minutes of this conversation, you definitely need to because it was awesome. The whole concept of doing Facebook Lives daily to build uh, trust with your audience, I think, is huge. And just I don't think a lot of photographers are doing it. Probably, Molly, your group of photographers are probably one of the few doing it. Um, I see it done in other industries, but obviously taking that idea and moving into our industry um, is really awesome. So that's such a huge nugget of what's working now. And it's a fresh idea. Probably most people haven't put in place. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay. So the next question that we always ask everybody is what's like one thing that you're fired up about in the industry. So it can be about where you think the industry is going or all those different things, but what's the one thing that you hold true when you think about the industry? Yeah. So fired up, I guess can mean a lot of different things. (laughs) So I'm going to take it this direction. You can let me know what you think, but 
One thing that I'm fired up about the photography industry, probably more so boudoir, but the industry in general is attitude. And I'm going to explain, go further into that. So lately I've been noticing um, some people not practicing what they preach in terms of boudoir photography. So when you think of boudoir photography, what do you think of? You can think of, okay, I'm taking like sultry, sexy pictures to give to their significant other as a gift. Um, or you can think of, you know, I'm empowering them through boudoir photography. I'm showing them what everyone else sees um, and what they can finally believe is there. And that's really the, the angle and the side that I'm on when it comes to boudoir photography. For me, I'm not, I'm definitely not the photographer that's like softcore porn. Like I'm definitely the women's empowerment boudoir. So well, and you've the- actually, and I've actually seen you call people out online about that, right? Like you're like, you're like, this isn't all about just like pictures of women in thongs, you know? Exactly. So. It, and yeah, it's really not about that at all. So I, yes, totally. And one thing I've noticed, you know, it's been there forever, but I've noticed it more lately is boudoir photographers specifically making fun of people for like how they look or, or how they act or how they dress. And I just think it's really just number one, it's just really hypocritical. It doesn't match what your mission is. I mean, if it does, then I'm sorry for you, but it should not match what your mission is. And also um, I just feel like we really need to get back and remember like, what is the mission of boudoir? Because it's not like, Oh, we're just putting on all this makeup to make these people look sexy and like better than everyone else. Like that is not at all what boudoir is about. And so I guess I'm just really fired up about getting the boudoir industry specifically back to the freaking mission of helping empower women, show them how beautiful they are. Um, You know, you can do boudoir without makeup. You can do boudoir with it. You can do boudoir with a dress. You can do boudoir with laundry. It doesn't matter. But um, yeah, it, it really fires me up to just work even harder and get this message out to more people when I see people uh, belittling, like boudoir photographers belittling women online, like, oh, this person didn't. Like, I can't believe she wore that or I can't believe she did this. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know if I answered fired up in the no, right way, but that's how I feel. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I want to, I want to take a tangent too, because that strikes a chord with me. And obviously I don't do the same type of photography that you're doing, but as a man in the industry right now, it drives me nuts because it's become such a women focused industry. Not only, I feel like there's a lot more women photographers, but obviously we're marketing. Typically the one writing the check is the women. So, you know, it's like, and I just, as a man in the industry, like it just drives me nuts when I I'm online and I just see like woman on woman crime. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just like I I mean I don't understand it because I don't you either. know I, like <laughs> guys just do differently. You know, like we like like in high school and stuff. You know, we were immature a different way. You know, just like constantly pushing each other around and playing the game where you do the little circle with your hand. You know, and punching each other and stuff. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you know where girls you know have a different experience in middle school and high school. But yeah, I mean, really like there's just groups I can't even go into anymore because there's just like, it's just feels like there's a group of women hating on another group of women, whether they're other photographers or their clients or they're just online celebrities or whatever it is. And it just, I'm with you. Like, it's just not healthy. And it's definitely not the mission of why I think a lot of people got into photography because you got in photography to make families and women and seniors feel beautiful um, and, and empower them. And I just feel like, yeah, I mean, it just doesn't feel the same right now. Yeah. And you're spot on with saying it's not just the boudoir industry. I a hundred percent agree. And yeah, I mean, it's really sad. A lot of the Facebook groups it's, I mean, we really try, we have a lot of rules in our Facebook group, um, which can annoy some people, but it's there for a reason. Like, 
Um, the second anything gets gossipy or pointing fingers or bullying, we completely just block and, you know, delete and block those people. Um, so what I'm getting at is like, I just really am trying to bring more light to that part of the industry and trying to get more photographers onto this movement of like, <laughs> we don't have to be jealous and mean to each other. Like we can all be friends and we can help each other and we can change our attitudes um, and just be really a lot more positive of an industry. Well, and I just, I hope just as a country, we do that, you know, yeah, and, that would be nice too. <laughs> that would be just awesome. But like, like let's take on our industry. Cause that's where we live. But like, what if actually like our country got back to that? That would be amazing. Yeah, that, would, that would, that would be crazy. Cool. Um, <laughs> Kaya, crazy. Let's, Kaya, let's, let's do lightning round. You, you start with the first one. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Molly, when you were kind of telling your story, you started out wanting, knowing you wanted to be a photographer from the get go. And so the, the question is what was holding you back from being a full-time photographer. But my question to go along with that is how did you know that you wanted to be a portrait photographer? And, you know, cause you kind of had a little bit of a different journey getting into it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you switched the question. Cause I was thinking to myself, nothing was holding me back. So, no. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically just, I think even just growing up as a little kid, my parents had me try all different things. Like they had me try gymnastics, Taekwondo, yoga, like all this different stuff. And so I think it was really clear to me once I tried photography, just like as a hobby, how much I loved it. And then once I interned with other photographers, seeing you could make money with it, like immediately I was like, this is what I'm doing. I never have faltered or looked at anything else. So I think um, some people really struggle with like, oh, I, I like, I'm multi-passionate. I like all these different things. And I think if you just allow yourself to try anything and everything, it will become really clear what you want your focus to be. Yeah, that's great. I'm going to do the next two because these are actually one of Those my favorite questions. questions. <laughs> and I'm going to spend, and Molly, I'm going to spend this. You saw the questions before the show, but He's I'm going to spend He's a little excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Molly, if you could give one of your students a thousand dollars to buy something in the photo industry, what would you encourage them to buy with that? Oh my goodness. You changed it. I know. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. So if I could give one of my students a thousand dollars, what would I encourage them to spend it on? Yeah. And then the, the second question is what not to spend it on, but go ahead. I would encourage them to, I'll give two answers. Um, I would encourage them to, first of all, save it. But if that's not an answer, (laughs) then (laughs) I would also encourage them to use it on Facebook ads. Okay. So let me tell you, let me go down this tangent real quick about saving it. So Kai and I have read this, this book and it gets brought up in our podcast a lot about profit first. I don't know if you've read it or not, Molly, but it's really a great book, but I went back and reread it because I like, feel like I'm a year in now and transitioning. And there was this quote in it that, it was so interesting that so many of us haven't truly built a business. All we built was a cash eating machine <laughs> and, and it's so true, you know? And so I'm you, the fact that you would save it totally resonates where I am right now in my journey of trying to like build margin into my business yes. and to save money and stuff like that. Okay. So, all right. So you have that same thousand dollars, you give it to a different one of your students. What would you tell them they should not spend it on? Granted that I know the majority of my students, like they come into my program already having gear. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of them come from the wedding industry and they switch to going full-time boudoir. So knowing that <laughs> I would tell them to stop buying freaking camera gear. 
Like stop buying lenses, stop buying cameras. Like all you need is one camera and a 50 millimeter lens and you're good to go. Yeah. I, that's my, I think that's my, my, my answer too. I just think our industry just spends so much money on gear and it's just like, stop buying backdrops, stop buying camera bags, all that. Well, and they're like, I don't make any freaking money. And it's like, well, you, you spent another $10,000 this year on gear. Like, you know, not including the last four years, you did the same thing, you know? So I still have the D 700, the D 800, you know, I'm good. Yeah. Well, and you don't need that great of a file, you know, I mean, they're going to be printing small things typically or putting it on social media. So you don't need a 50 meg file. Yeah, we're not making boudoir billboards here. No. And if, if we were, we would be it would it would take us a lot of work to retouch those. So, um, OK, so then what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice I'd ever received is to make sure that your business is all systems and processes. So what that means is the number one thing I see with photographers is they go around to do all these different um, like courses. They try to find all these different new things. And what's wrong with that? Like obviously higher education is fantastic and you should definitely do that. You should definitely get a mentor, that kind of stuff. But when you learn something and you do it and it works, Don't move on to the next thing. Like take that thing and build a standard operating procedure, which is basically a bullet point checklist of how that thing gets done. Right. And then repeat that thing over and over and over and over. So a popular marketing strategy that I've taught over the years is my model call. And what people do is they'll learn it and they'll do it and they'll get awesome results with it. And then like next month they'll be like, I don't have any bookings. And I'm like, well, did you do model call again? And they're like, well, no, like, it works. Like do it again and again and again and again. <laughs> so processes, systems, consistency is key. And yeah, when I when I teach people about marketing, the slogan I say is like, okay, if you press the button and it worked, just keep pressing that freaking button until that button's <laughs> yes. broken. You know what 100%. I mean? Like you don't need a different button. Just keep pressing that button. <laughs> yes. What's one personal habit you have that you think contributes to your success? Uh, Definitely a routine. So I have a set work schedule. I have a set routine, you know, pretty much every day. It's like I wake up, I work out, I do my cardio, listen to audiobooks, I go to work, I plan tomorrow today. Actually, I'll expand on that if that's okay. Um, Plan tomorrow today basically is you can use any planner, any sheet of paper. And before you end your work day, you want to plan for the next day. So what you do is you actually break it down into every single hour for the next day. So let's say you're doing this on Monday night for Tuesday, you would break down. What am I going to work on every single hour during my allotted work time? So for me, that's typically 8am to 4pm and I'll break down exactly what I'm doing actually every 30 minutes. And then I stick to that and I get so much work done. Well, that makes sense because you're only doing it the day before. Like I've always tried to plan ahead and then you're like, well, I don't want to fill up all this white space in my calendar because what if somebody calls? But if you're just doing it the day before, the chances of somebody actually calling and having to like change it is maybe once a year that'll happen. So, you, I mean, 364 days, you could actually plan your next day pretty pretty well. Yeah, and then also having sort of like set days. So, for example, like Tuesdays are a shoot day. Like Wednesdays are office work or, you know, like broad strokes and mm-hmm. then go every 30 minutes. That's awesome. Do you ever find that you don't listen to yourself? Like, I don't really like being told what to do. And so sometimes (laughs) I don't want myself to tell myself what to do. And I'll be like, oh, I'm not doing that now. I've changed my mind. Like, 
or are you, do you pretty much honor what you want to do? (laughs) I do. I think it really comes down to discipline and like, you know, how badly, like, would you, I don't know, like if I ever get in a mindset like that, where I'm like, oh, I just don't want to like do this or whatever. I just think about my end goal. Like, I think as long as you have like a really good end goal, a really good mission, that's going to always trump your natural mindset to want to go and do other things that are not work. (laughs) So I just really think it comes down to discipline. And like the more that you do the plan tomorrow today, it just becomes a habit. And you don't really think about, you know, not doing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does. Okay. Um, so then the next thing is you may have multiples, uh, because I know you, um, uh, teach too. And so I'm assuming that it might be an internet resource, but what would you suggest to our listeners would be uh, good internet resources? Yeah. So I do have a blog. It's uh bootyshorts.com slash blog and booty is B O U D I E. And it's a really good resource, not only just because, you know, it's my blog, so obviously I'm biased, but I've been keeping that blog since 2012, I believe. That's impressive. Um, Like, honestly, I just wish everyone would actually go and read it because I would say 99.9, if not 100% of the questions I get asked on a daily basis are answered in that blog. People Mm -hmm. just don't take the time to read it. So I would really recommend that you do that. And then also I write... Uh, emails every single week, almost every day. I don't really plan them super far in advance. So they're all really in real time, like helpful tips. So when you're on the blog, if you can subscribe to the email list, that would be really helpful. Awesome. Recommend books. You said that you you listen to audiobooks while you're doing your cardio and stuff. Books that you'd want to share with our audience and kind of the impact they had on your business or life. Yeah. So the audiobooks I'm listening to lately are all about operations for like big teams. So I wouldn't recommend that for photographers right now, but what I would recommend is go to Amazon and get an affirmation book. Um, so basically it's just a book that has one affirmation per page. And I really think waking up and making sure that your mind is saying and repeating and believing positive things right away in the morning, it's going to make a huge impact on um, your mind, uh, your work day, how you're helping your clients and all that. So it's not really like a typical book, but just rewiring your mindset to think positively. Yeah. And let me, I'm going to go on tangent on this because I'm going to give you a huge shout out because last week that you, you posted about entrepreneur depression online and it's a real thing. And you were like the first photographer that I ever saw stake that flag and say like working by yourself and working alone and the, the hate that's inside your own head is a real thing and you should go get help about it. And I think that is so powerful. So, you know, feel free to talk about it if you want, if not, but I mean, I just think the fact that you did that, like Molly, you were always like a nine in my mind, but now Mm -hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like, I think I was like, Molly really gets it. And like, she may be one of the best in the industry. Oh, thank you. Um, I think that's a really good example, actually, of what we talked about earlier, like building the know, like, and trust and just being yourself, even if it's not a Facebook Live, like a post, because, you know, all I was doing there was thinking, you know, hey, I've been having, you know, I'm a business owner who struggles with ups and downs. And so does every other business owner, if not person on the planet. And so I just wanted to share something that really helped me. Um, which if you don't mind me sharing it, it's just an app. Um, it's an app called Talkspace, and basically you can have like a therapist on your phone and, you know, even just 
with entrepreneurs that I meet on a day-to-day basis, students that I help, um, even people that are not business owners, you know, we all, I feel like everyone, I almost wish it was mandatory to go to like therapy once a week um, because we can get caught in that headspace. You know, we can get caught with those negative thoughts and we can spiral very easily um, sometimes into depression or away from what we're trying to accomplish. And I just think it's really helpful to not only talk about it and know that like you're not alone, but to also seek that help and just know that there's no finish line. Like it's just always trying to improve um, your headspace and get closer to those goals. Yeah, that's awesome. I found that, you know, because I I worked in a family business and then I started my own business and I had considered, you know, just doing it all myself because I could. And I, uh, I just choose to have people have employees, but they're, you know, they always end up being good friends working with me. And I choose to go to work because that keeps me not feeling sad. (laughs) It's just having people I know that I'm going to be able to talk to and ask about their weekend and they're going to ask about mine. And, you know, that's, that's the way that I handle that. But, um, I I I definitely have seen a lot of people spiral into, uh, you know, just not being able to function creatively because of being lonely and sad and not having people to talk to. Yeah. And I also think too, with photographers, especially, I think burnout is just sort of almost like a word for depression. Yeah. (laughs) And what happens is like, we push ourselves too far and too hard. And, you know, with, I know with me, when I used to shoot weddings, it was like, I literally never had a day off for four or five months out of the year. And then I would quote unquote burn out and I wouldn't want to work. I didn't have a creative thought, you know, for like probably a month or two. And so it's just really important. Like, just like you said, oh, if you surround yourself with people that you can talk to, like that helps even out your, your mood and you don't find yourself getting depressed or burnt out. And yeah, that's exactly what we need to be talking about more and doing is putting those things in place. So like really actually making, um, let's like, like, let's say you're a wedding photographer, really making rules and saying like, I'm not going to work Monday and Tuesday if I'm shooting the weekend or whatever. And then actually sticking to that. Because even if you feel like, Oh, I could work, I could push through it. I love my work. You know, I feel like we tell ourselves these lies, like I love working every single day. (laughs) And it's like, well, you know, you have to though give yourself that break or you will reach that burnout period. Yeah, that makes sense. So let me, I'll just quickly tell you kind of where I am with my journey. Cause I think it'll, it'll help our audience too. Um, like I identified a couple months ago that I don't know. I don't know when it was like within the last year, but let's call it a couple months ago that I had created a business that was no longer making me happy. And I mean, I would say we have a super successful business. You know, we make a lot of money and we, you know, have employees and, you know, we don't do our own retouching. You know, we have somebody on staff that does it. So I'm not up in the middle of night. And so like in some aspects it was like, yeah, we had lots of success, but at the same time, I didn't, I hadn't built this business that was making me happy anymore. It made me happy for 11 years, but now it it didn't. And I had to like actually like stop and like start making very conscious decisions that like I need to take my business in a different direction. And it's hard because like it's scary because it's like, oh, well, we have this business now that's dialed and making money. But you know, like if it's not making me happy, then why are we doing it? And I think. I think it's okay for photographers or any business owners to stop and say, yeah, what I built and what the journey, where the journey's taken me is not necessarily, you know, where I want to be. And I'll just give you a, the example of what I'm working on right now is I built this business and it became 
like I purchased so many tools and things at a, like an enterprise level that it became like this crazy enterprise for like 300 clients a year, you know? And it was just like, sometimes just maintaining all the tools and, you know, doing all these things. It was just like so much work where those tools are typically maintained by a team. And I was like doing it myself. And I was like, you know, like we don't need all these tools and all this automation and all this craziness. Like it's just not making the business any better and it's not making us any happier. And so we're starting to dial back a lot of those things that I felt like were necessary. And we're just getting back to like, okay, if we actually just sat down with our clients and had a conversation, that's what makes us happy. You know? I love that. And I think what, like one thing that I teach in one of my courses is I call it like the six core functions, but basically each business is broken down into like different sections And I think it's important just every month to look at those sections, but like on a consistent basis. So like for you, you know, you would find, and like you already did this where you were looking at your business and um, asking yourself, you know, does this still make me happy? Is this still something that we need to do? And I think that's really smart to do like on a consistent monthly basis. Um, Because I think sometimes, yeah, we we build and we're like, oh, I want to get to, you know, six figures. I want to get to multiple six figures. I want to get to a million dollars, whatever it is. And then you might wake up one day and realize, like, maybe you don't actually want that. (laughs) So, um, yeah. Well, yeah. So here's what's so interesting, too. And, like, you know how your perspective always changes. And why I had built this business and, you know, like, it was never an option not to be six figures. You know what I mean? Like, that like why, you know, like in my head and the, like, and I've now come to a different realization. I'm like, you know, like, well, why wouldn't you do, why wouldn't you be pushing towards millions of dollars and stuff like that? But then like, you know, fast forward years later and I'm like, okay, well maybe a million dollar business is not going to make me happy. You know, just to clarify, we have not hit the million dollar mark, but um, you know, I'm like, if we keep pushing towards this, I'm not going to be any happier when I, those numbers that that next comma rolls over, it's not going to make me any happier. So like, you know, how do you find a business? How do you build a business that's truly compatible, compatible to you? That's not focused on revenue and average sales. That's truly focused on giving you the lifestyle you want. Totally agree. Cool. Kyle, do you want to wrap it up real quick? Yeah. So uh, Molly, this has been fantastic. It's really neat to talk to you and to kind of uh, hear how thoughtfully you've uh, approached uh, photography and what you do. And um, I'm really glad to meet you and get to know you. And I'm going to subscribe and read your blog. Uh, so, uh, but before we get to that, I get to that. Um, we'd love to hear a ending uh, parting piece of guidance and the best way to connect to you. Sure. And thank you so much. And I've really enjoyed chatting with you guys. Yeah. So my parting piece of guidance is a little story. Um, basically, just a comparison. If you wanted to be the best at something, let's say, you know, horseback riding or soccer or poker or whatever it is, and you're like, okay, I want to become an Olympian, uh, what is it that you're going to do? You are going to seek a coach, right, to become the best at that thing. And so as photographers, I want you to think in that exact same way. You know, if you want to become the best at something fast, okay, then why try to figure it out on your own? Why try to reinvent the wheel? Why not hire a mentor, a coach to help you get there? Someone who has done it before. So, you know, whether that's me, whether that's Matt, you know, whether that's whoever, I just want you to really start thinking in that 
Uh, I just want you to start thinking in that way of thinking of, you know, if I want to get somewhere, if I want to achieve something, it's not how do I start from square one and do this all over again? Because people have already done it, right? So why start all over again when you can find someone who's already done it and start there? And then you can even grow past that. So just really starting to think in that mindset. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. And so what's the best way for people to connect with you? Yeah, so we have a free Facebook group. You can find it by going to bootyshorts.com slash group. And I also have my blog, uh, bootyshorts.com slash blog. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, you know, whatever, however you like to better interact. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So we'll definitely share all those links um, in the show notes for sure, because people should definitely connect with you and And thanks so much for everything you do for the industry. You know, like I think a lot of people do a really good job of like, you know, carrying the light and moving the industry forward every day. And there's, and other people, you know, just don't. And I just think that you're one of those people that really adds to the industry every day and every day that you're, you know, fighting the good fight for photographers, it's making it better. So thank you. Thank you. I feel the exact same way about you. (laughs) Thanks. Awesome. Well, everybody that, was Molly Kaiser and um, the you know newly moved to Austin, Molly Kaiser. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show, Molly. We really appreciate it. You know, we definitely want to have you back. So, you know, when you get to go to launch a new program or whatever, maybe we'll have you back and you can tell us about what you're up to next. So sure. Uh, I would be happy to be on any time. Thank you, Molly. It was so nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. All right, guys, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to From Nothing to Profit, a photographer's podcast with Matt and Kaya. Be sure to subscribe for more business strategy and ideas to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always wanted. See you on the next episode of From Nothing to Profit.